Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time! I'm your host, Jared. I'm Patrick. That's the sound guy, Joe. Hello. Hello. I am, I am your lore master today. Ooh. Because. Our LM. Because uh, if you haven't been living under a rock, you know all about the internet phenomenon. That's iceberg videos. Just sure. Kind of taking a look, look at a whole franchise or concept and just. Ranking it based off of least known, or most known to least known. I wanted to do something like this for a long time mm. because it's very informative about what our fran- our favorite franchises are like, and I just think it's fun. So what I've put together is a little bit of an iceberg myself, mainly based off of you slash Zendaros. So shout out to him. It takes a long time to like put together one of these and a lot of knowledge about the universe and real world implications. Did you make like the actual image? I did not. I okay. just made like a like a six page Google Doc. Oh wow. That's just a wall of text. If you can put that into like that image with the iceberg or whatever, <laughs> we'll put it up on the Instagram and Well here's and the thing. It's not really ranked like that. Oop. It's oh, okay. mostly just entries and then the latter half is entries that are open for discussion. Okay. Like the controversies. Okay. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Start so, at the tip of the iceberg. So, boys, you're competing mm-hmm. here. Okay. Which oh. one of you knows better? Whoever whoever knows the most and impresses me the most with your knowledge will get one crisp dollar bill. <laughs> Yo! How are you going to keep track? Uh, you know, honor system. Honor system. Honor system, okay. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll remember. Let's, okay. That's oh. what it sounds like. <laughs> crisp. Not, so crisp. We are not faking this. So let's get right into it. Okay. Tell me, boys, starting with Patrick, tell me about Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, yes. I love this. This is the conspiracy theory where uh, Jar Jar Binks is like the, uh, is one of the Sith Lords. Uh, or I think like the Sith Lord, like the, because there's the Master and the Apprentice. He's like the master behind it all. Um I know, like, there's, like, a few scenes that people use as, like, uh, sources for this. Like, there's one (laughs) where Jar Jar tries to convince Anakin to do the thing all the other Jedi are, like, trying to get him not to do. Um, And I, like, I'm honestly for it. I I, I believe in it myself. Jared, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, um, there's a part of that theory is, like, uh, Jar Jar is openly, like, Portraying himself as a dumb fool that that everybody to trick people yeah to trick people to deceive them and like a part of uh, getting everybody to to ma- a big manipulation thing is when Jar Jar uh, openly says to the entire Senate we should we should give all emergency power to the uh, to the Palpatine or whatever the hell he says and like everybody is for it for some reason. Uh, so yeah, you boys were very close. I'm gonna give you even even points for that one. Okay. Okay. You. It wasn't just a theory. That was the original plan for the oh, prequels. Oh yeah, it was. George, George Lucas, Lucas said was it. Saying yeah. Jar Jar's the key to all of this. Yeah. He, yeah. But upon further uh, fan feedback that nobody liked Jar Jar, <laughs> he canned it. He canned it and made Sheev old Palpy the big baddie. Yeah. So very good. These are very these um. The difficulty curve 
gets pretty high. So I'm get, surprised you mind. started with this because not a lot of people know about that. All right. Well, tell me about, boys, starting with Jared this time. Okay. Why is Mace Windu's lightsaber purple? Because he um, trained in some dark side stuff. Like he knows some dark side stuff or uses some uh, methods of the dark side that b- makes him become so powerful and uh, he's not completely like light side. So therefore it's purple. Or, but if you want the real out of lore reason, it's because Mace Windu was like, or I'm sorry, because Samuel Jackson was like, I want the purple mother. Brilliant. <laughs> 10 out of 10. You gave me both the in-universe one and the out-of-universe one. What were you going to say, Pat? Uh, I was going to say the out-of-universe one. <laughs> yep. And that was the main one I was looking for, not going to lie. Because uh, Samuel Jackson asked for purple before that lore was written. So that lore was written around him just wanting a different color <laughs> lightsaber, which is amazing. Yeah. All right, boys, starting with Patrick. Okay. Tell me about the Cloud City Ice Cream Man. <laughs> um, so Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of the extras in the Cloud City scene. Um, he's specific. He has a tray of ice cream, and he walks around in the background, and everyone's like, why does this guy have ice cream? Where does the ice cream come from? Are there cows in Cloud City? And it leads to a whole bunch of questions. And I made up all of this. <laughs> Jared, go ahead. I have no idea. Um, never even heard of that. Okay, Patrick, you were shockingly close. Wait, really? <laughs> <laughs> you see, in in episode five, there's the Cloud City mayhem. Everyone's running around. The Empire's attacking. Whatever. There's a guy in the background running with an ice cream maker. He just, he just runs around <laughs> just holding an ice cream maker. And what's interesting about this is that because George Lucas went back and changed things with the special edition, he uh, the ice cream man stayed in, which I thank God. How do you know it's an ice cream maker? Because it's literally an ice cream maker from real world. <laughs> from City the real world. Ice cream. <laughs> oh, my You gosh. look at it and you say, oh, that's an ice cream maker from around that oh. time. This reminds me of a uh, – there's a <laughs> – in universe, his name is Will Rowhood, yeah. and you can get a action figure of him with the ice cream maker really? for oh about god, fifteen yeah, bucks. Right. Oh my gosh! Uh, it reminds me of. Uh, did any of you watch the first Jurassic World movie? Yeah. Um, Martini Man. The Martini Man. Yeah. So the, in the chaos of all the pterodactyls like flying around the people, there's this one dude that you see grab two drinks and then just run with the <laughs> drinks, and he's being super careful not to spill them too. That's so he's funny. he's not even pan- like you can easily tell he's like an extra not scared. He just grabs his drinks and just starts shuffling away. That's good. <laughs> and this is why you don't give your extras real drinks. All right. Um. Okay. I have a really easy one I forgot to do first. Uh, tell me about E.T., Jared. E.T.? Tell me about E.T. in Star Wars. What? Really? You don't, I don't know, know this? this? One. I don't what about you, so. Pat? It's it's like the same universe, right? Like uh, the the E.T. like world is uh, oh! the world in, is a world in Star Wars. Yeah, there you go. Right. In uh, a Coruscant scene in Episode One, there's just like a little platform of E.T. aliens. Yeah. So I guess that means E.T. Or at least ET adjacent aliens exist in Star Wars. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That yeah, one was easy. Taken the or no, I've tied up. No, I've taken you're, the lead. You're in the lead. You're Let's in the lead go. right now, Patrick. And it's my question next. <laughs> <laughs> Build the lead. Okay, this one's a little bit tricky. Oh, I'm gonna tricky, lose. Tricky, tricky, tricky. How did Padme die? How Tell did me. Padme <laughs> die? So like, <laughs> and the theories around it. 
the what? A little bit. The lore reason is like sadness. I'm pretty sure. Like she died, <laughs> like of grief for Anakin's like turning. Um, but like I've always found that dumb. Uh, but I don't know anything else about it. Uh. I guess she still has the kids. <laughs> Can't really have the the original Star Wars series without that ending. Um, I don't know anything else. All right, Jared, you want to steal? She lost the will to live. That's that's the explanation. She's perfectly healthy, like in all senses, but she lost the will to live, and that's it. I mean, that's that's why she died. But like. If you want to talk about theories, I didn't know there were any theories. I don't know. It's death through childbirth. The most prevalent theory is that Palpatine laid a curse on her. Oh. Because, like, because midichlorian ma- manipulation, <laughs> and it just makes sense knowing the powers of the dark side. Sure. However, dumb. The, the Star Wars comics really <laughs> doubled down on, no, he didn't do that. She was just sad. <laughs> so, so there was a bit of controversy there. But, uh... Very well done, boys. Uh, let's go with Jared. I'm going to give you kind of a free one. Tell me about Orabesh. Orabesh. Oh, it's the um, Star Wars language. It's, tell me more. Can you tell me more? It's one of the many languages that is um, mainly used uh, within the Republic, but also everywhere else. Um, I, mm-hmm. I know how to read it, more or less. So what is that thing that I just gave you? It says my name, Jared. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I remember... Uh, <clears throat> one year for like Father's Day or my uh, stepdad's birthday, I wrote him like a little note in a card in Orabesh. Aw. Yeah. I don't, uh, know. I don't know what else you're looking for. Patrick, anything you'd like to add? <clears throat> um, we have uh, papers in front of each of us <laughs> with Orabesh on them. Yours um, says your name. I just made, I, I saw the alphabet and I just wrote our names. Because it's very interesting. I will say, Joe, yours right? looks a lot like Joe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting thing about Orabesh, it's not a language, it's an alphabet. And oh. it's the official alphabet of Star Wars. Yes. Most, if not everything you'll see in Star <clears throat> Wars, will have this text. Mm-hmm. Um, and, obviously, some words look similar to their like real-world counterparts. Well, this is especially true with numbers, because you know fives? Yeah. And he has a tattoo of five? Yeah. <laughs> five in Orabesh is just five. <laughs> and and a uh, O in Orbesh is just like a slightly more daggered O. It's a that's it's a very trapezoid. Trapezoid. That's it. That was, <laughs> a daggered O. Yeah. That's that's what we should change trapezoid to. No longer are they trapezoids, but daggered O's. <laughs> okay. All right. Since you want to be a smartass, Patrick, tell me about the Yuzhong Vong. Ah, shit. <laughs> about to lose my lead here. Um, the, say it again. Yuzhong Vong. Yuzhan Vaughn. The Yuzhan Vaughn is a Star Wars cult. Okay. Um, and these people are uh, religiously oh, against the Force? That's that's full points. You're getting wow. full points. Wow. Legit? So, Yuzhan Vaughn, you're very close. You want me to tell you yeah, like, the yes, actual please. thing? In Star Wars Legends... Yuzhong Vong on extragalactic force that invades the Star Wars galaxy from whatever weird galaxy of their own. And their whole bit is, we exist outside the force, we don't like it. We're going to kill all the force users we can. So they're force Nazis. They're basically force Nazis. Wow. So, 
Uh, it's, this all takes place after the original trilogy, so of they course. were fighting uh, Luke Skywalker and them. In Legends, they're responsible for the death of Chewbacca. No. So they're like a huge threat in that universe. And but it, also I'm guessing not, like, I'm guessing when Disney took over that canon got... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> interesting, though, because another point is that mm-hmm. usually with the Disney purchase, there's at least some sort of counterparts to canon, like General Th- uh, Admiral Thrawn and Quinlan Voss. However, there hasn't been any mention of the Yuuzhan Vong, except for maybe a passing line in the Clone Wars comic. Mm. So, mm. which is very interesting. That there hasn't been any counterpart like at all, not even a mention. They're sitting on it. I feel they're like sitting. they're sitting on it. They're they're writing something right now that's gonna be like the next banger Star Wars movie. In uh, their like vibe is really cool. They look like dark elves. Mm. So they're they're like pale things, but with like black armor with full of spikes and stuff. Sick. Yeah, that's like their whole vibe. I'm so surprised I got that one. You were you got <laughs> you really impressed me, bro. So Jared, yeah, tell me about real life Jedi. Real life Jedi? Yep. Tell me about real life Jedi. <laughs> Dude. I don't understand the question. Tell me about real life Jedi. Real life there Jedi. There are Jedi in real life. What does that mean? Oh, um oh oh okay. Um Well I know that the Jedi religion uh is based on multiple religions uh here in real life, uh, mainly Mus- uh, uh Buddhists, I think. Um, and many others. Just and it's a it's a lot of different real world religions combined into what the Jedi is. Okay, Patrick. Anything to add? Um, this is for uh, real life Jedi. Real life Jedi. I know of like they have those like uh, performance shows of like real life Jedi people who like are actually really good at lightsaber swinging and they'll I was go, a part of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they they choreograph the fights themselves awesome, and some of them look absolutely sick. Uh, and they got like the lightsaber twirl and I different still remember kinds the of basics. lightsabers. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> that, and now it's it's starting to take over TikTok. I mean, like the amount of oh, like yeah. lightsaber twirlers on TikTok right now. Uh so that's my answer. Okay. I'm going to give that one to Jared. Cool. Because he's right. It is based off of, like, sort of a mismatch of Buddhism and Islam. However, mm. there are real-life Jedi mm-hmm. that follow the religion of Jediism. Oh, really? There is a Bible written by Daniel Morgan Jones that preaches creativity, self-control, and intelligence, all based on Star Wars values. Does so, it also preach removing all emotions and becoming a husk? <laughs> probably it's- not. But uh, this really gained popularity around 2001, and it kind of is a parody of religion. Mm. However, that hasn't stopped people from putting Jedi in on their census information. So technically speaking, in some countries, Jedi is an official language. Cool. It, the, the highest stat was that language. 1% or religion, sorry. Got it, sorry. 1% of Australians are Jedi. Cool. Whoa. Yep. It's huge in Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> I have a like actual book that is like um, it's a Jedi uh, religion thing. Like it's a guide to being a Jedi or whatever. And it's an actual book, and it comes in like a um, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's a box, air quotes box, but it, it's fully interactive. So like, how, how do I explain this? You press a button. And the box opens and the book rises up and there's like Yo. lights and sounds and stuff like that. And when you open the book, 
it's like an in-universe like uh, Bible air quotes to uh, the Jedi religion and like there are even like uh, pages torn out and there's like little notes that says hey torn out by Palpatine or whatever because secret power secret stuff lore. yeah so yeah interesting very good so whose turn is it? Is it Patrick's? Patrick's? Yeah. yeah, it's Patrick's. Okay, these ones are getting <clears throat> very difficult. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the, ri- the Rise of Skywalker slash Episode Nine original script. Oh, my God. Rise of Skywalker slash Episode Nine. If, if you go so far as to give me the original name, I'll take it. Oh, God. Um, or some plot points. I feel like the original name, I feel like I heard the original name was like Rise of Palpatine or something like that. No. Um, but uh, let's see. I will say um, I know with the sequel movies, uh, the idea for a lot of the characters is to twist what is normally expected of them. Like, for example, uh, Finn is the uh, like Han Solo type, uh, but at the same time... Uh, he gets shit on a bunch for being the Han Solo, or no, not him being the Solo, Han Solo type. Bo is the Han Solo. Poe po is the Han Solo yeah. type, but he gets <laughs> it, it, throughout the movie he gets shit on a bunch for being the Han Solo type because he causes tons of people to die and blah 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 blah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker original script. Yeah, so my guess is that for the Rise of Skywalker, they, I don't know. They they had some sort of like, uh, thing where like Finn was going to save the day and then become a Jedi and all that, but they're like, nah, Finn can't be a Jedi, and then they changed it. This is a bad guess. I just I don't know. Jared, anything to add? Um, I don't know if the Lego stuff, well, some Lego stuff is canon, but I know in the Lego Holiday Special, um, the recent one, Rey was training Finn to be a Jedi because they know he's Force-sensitive. Um, but that doesn't have to do with the question. I'm just adding on. Um, I don't know exactly, but I would like to say something along the lines of, like, uh, well, first of all, I don't think Palpatine was supposed to come back. <laughs> you know, uh, it was supposed to be Snoke all the way, or probably you know continue on with uh, Kylo taking over for Snoke, taking over. I mean, usurping uh, Snoke from the First Order, and um, I think Rey was actually supposed to turn to the dark side. I'm not so, sure. So I'm giving you half points on that one, Jared. Okay. You cool. are right. Palpy was meant to stay dead. Yeah. The original script for Rise of Skywalker was called Duel of the Fates, oh. written by writer and filmmaker Colin Trevorrow, who made Jurassic World. Uh, he was fired from Disney at in 2017, so he released on Twitter a whole, like, original script he had. The reason people think this is legit is because it matches up with concept art. Hmm. Now let's just go through a little bit of the... Uh, confirmed originalness that's like lines up with the concept art uh, it would be called Duel of the Fates uh, it was made before Carrie Fisher passed away Aww. it would have taken primarily on Coruscant hmm. Ray, Ray would have a lightsaber staff like Darth Maul so a big long one Palpatine is still dead Hux uh, you know General Hux the uh, ginger he's like really force obsessed mm-hmm. and he is so obsessed that he's not a Force-sensitive that he kills himself with Mace Windu's lightsaber. Um, 
Kylo Ren is hiding away on Darth Vader's castle and being trolled by the ghost of Luke. And Arch and the last bit that's matching up with concept art is R2D2 is killed, but then kind of revived. That's interesting Again? because Yeah. It's interesting <laughs> because some of that actually transferred over to the final product with C3O dying, getting mm-hmm. his memory wiped. And Dark Ray having a lab- uh, lightsaber staff, uh, so it's very interesting to see what happened there. Yeah, didn't Dark Ray uh, had that uh, Pong Krell had that kind of lightsaber? Yes, exactly. Yeah, That's up. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I didn't watch the last movie, just so you all know. Yeah, it wasn't. Very good. <laughs> I, I the last one I watched was the was the second or eighth. Last Jedi. Yeah, in that the, hat. Uh, I don't know. What is last this Jedi. Hat? Yeah, that this hat. <laughs> All right, Jared, tell me about the Lucas Famios, the Lucas family cameos. Oh, oh yeah, it's uh in Clone Wars, they're the the blue people from um Pandora or whatever, the ice planet where the Talls are also from. Yeah, uh George Lucas and his family are supposed to be that um that senator family or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to give you full points, but it was actually uh episode 3. But they so, were also in Clone Wars. But you don't see them. You see, yeah, you it's do. they're actually like face. Oh. Like in real life, you see their face. I see. However, they're also in episodes one and two. Oh. The most notable, like, Lucas Famia cameo is you remember that kid that gets shot in front of Senator Organa? Yeah. At Order 66? That's George Lucas' son. Oh, really? So that's, that's cool. pretty fun. George Lucas shot his son. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fun. <laughs> that's cool. So, Patrick, I hate to do this to you, man. Oh. You're not going to get this one. Boba Fett is Luke's mom. <laughs> okay. Um, I did not know about this at all. What? S- First time hearing those. <laughs> <sighs> Can I at least know ahead of time if it's a conspiracy theory or, like, lore? Um, <clears throat> it was s- a pitch at lore. It was a pitch for lore. Okay, so Boba Fett is his mom? It was. It was an idea. So this was before Boba Fett is established as a dude, I'm guessing. Just a masked individual. So this mm-hmm. is back in, like, 70s, maybe before the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably not. Um, my guess is that um, I it has something to do with the last, the sixth movie. Uh with the the whole like meeting Jabba and him getting eaten the whatever it's called Snorlax pit and Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Very tricky. Yeah, <laughs> but then that would go back to. Aunt- <laughs> <laughs> so so my guess is that Boba Fett existed during the prequels, um, which he did, but like. As an adult, um, and it w- Boba Fett was a she in the prequels, and her and Anakin just just had a thing. Uh, maybe they went mm. on some mission together. <laughs> Things got a little spicy. Uh, no more Padme. <laughs> you were very close with the beginning part, Jared. Anything to add? Unless you looked it up. I looked it up. You looked it up. So apparently, because I wasn't de- gonna get it in the development of Return of the Jedi. Uh, Mark Hamill was like, hey, Boba Fett's a really cool character. Um, how about we have it so, you know, since there's no women in this universe, we have it so that <laughs> Boba like Fett one. is secretly a woman, and it was uh, Luke Skywalker's mom the whole time. 
To which George Lucas looked at him for a second, thought about it, and said no. And then we got the version of Boba Fett that we're used to. Yep. So, I pretty met, interesting. I've met all three Boba Fetts. Or, I, like in real life, I met Django, the actor for Django. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Kid Boba as a teen or like a young adult. And I met the original Boba Fett from the uh, original trilogy all at once in a bar at a hotel. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there uh, the cantina music playing in the background? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Okay. Jared, Jared, tell me something. Why is Tarkin wearing slippers? Tarkin? Grand he's Moff Tarkin. He's wearing slippers? He's wearing slippers. Who's Tarkin? He was the main villain of Episode Four: A New Hope. I don't remember him wearing slippers. Oh. <laughs> he was wearing slippers. <laughs> he was wearing slippers. I, I would assume just because, like, the actor is, like, you know, not a lot of <laughs> full body shots, so it's mainly, like, up close and him looking out the window. So he was just like, I'm not going to wear shoes. Full points. Full <laughs> points. Yeah, I was going to give the same answer as Jared's because I, we, I mean, I don't, secret lord, a lot of newsrooms do this. <laughs> if it's if it, there's two anchors behind a desk, the, those not shoes pants. are off. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In front of their coworkers, no pads. <laughs> so, so Peter Cushing, who played uh, Tarkin, famously liked his feet to be comfortable. And upon realizing that there wouldn't be any shots featuring his legs and his feet, he just decided to wear slippers. <laughs> so there are hilarious behind-the-scenes photo shoots of him, like in full imperial attire and then you just see him in slippers if and it, he, he orders the destruction of billions of people <laughs> in slippers in slippers oh if, if anybody can get away with that in the empire Tarkin is it mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna go back to Peter Cushing probably towards the end of this okay so uh, let's see Patrick tell me about hell hell tell me about hell so it's a hot pla- no, <laughs> um, Star Wars hell. To hell or Star Wars rather. oh I got something um this is where uh, so obviously uh, a Sith is like the devil um, some dead Sith long time ago died uh, cr- using his force powers made hell so that all of his Sith brethren can gather together in suffering so that one day they may overtake the Jedi in a horde of Sith madness so you're thinking of in-universe explanations. None of the other entries are from in-universe. So this is all like relating to the real world and the production of these movies. I'm so, so confused. So, the Jared, only, anything? Yeah, uh, the only thing I got is that hell is said multiple times throughout the movies. By whom? Uh, Han. Uh, I'm pretty sure Luke said it. Um, I think Poe. Maybe Finn. Okay. Mainly Han. It I'm was mainly sure. Han because yeah. in episode five he says, I'll see you in hell yeah. to a rebel, which was originally just an oversight because why would hell exist in a galaxy far, far away where Christ doesn't exist and yeah. all that? Uh, however, that was kind of written off in universe as like, he's from Corellia. It's a Corellian thing. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, And it's also said in Solo and in the Clone yes. Wars. So it's very interesting to see this real world slang. Uh, another entry on here is G's in Mandalorian. Someone in the Mandalorian says G's, which is oh, an abbreviation Jesus. for Jesus. Yeah. Huh. Which is not. Who cares? Nobody. Space Jesus. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that's Anakin or Luke. No. That's Anakin. No nah. explanation. All right. Um, Jared, tell me about how Geonosis is Earth. 
<laughs> uh, wow. Uh, first time hearing that, but okay, I can I can bite it. Um, post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic Earth, where, of course, humans messes everything up, turns the entire... We basically marsified the entire Earth, and uh, I guess either or um, bugs like cockroaches mutated and became the Geonosians, or uh, Geonosians invaded. Okay. <laughs> Patrick, can I look that? up Geonis- Geonosis? That's the planet in episode two. That one looks That's like That's where Mars. the Clone Wars started. The yeah. Clone Wars started. So um, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. But they're fighting in space, though. Mm-hmm. So is it like a deserty planet? Yep. Yes. Oh, so this is just before Earth had people. <laughs> this was like, this is like, uh, and then I'm guessing like the, the, I don't know, the aftermath of that ended up contributing to something that let the world be what it is. So okay. So I'm actually going to give you ni- neither of you those ones. Okay. Because in, all right, that whole, like, bit comes from Battlefront 2, 2017. In the Geonosis map, there's an Easter egg where if you look at a, a Clone Wars screen at the right time, you'll see a picture of Lake Michigan, huh. which where the rest <laughs> of the pictures are just, like, stills from the movie. And then there's one picture of Lake Michigan just kind of dried up, which is an Easter egg because that's where all the developers are from. They're from around that area, and they're like, screw it, let's do a little homage. That has pretty grim implications (laughs) that the (laughs) Earth did become Marsified and was taken over by cockroach people. You know what, Jared? Give you half. But <laughs> hey, but it's lo- it's it's a galaxy far, far away, long time ago. Mm-hmm. You can't. It can't. All right. Long time ago, <laughs> dried up. Long time ago. It was in what perspective? It was dry before it was wet. Because this episode could be a long time ago in the future. Yeah. This. <laughs> so so Patrick, this is the last. So one. maybe Star Wars is happening now. Yeah. And the long, long time ago refers to people who are going to watch it, like, hundreds of years from now. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. <laughs> so, Patrick, this is the end of this section. You're I already, get, I've already lost. You're, but. Get, you're getting the last uh, thing, and it's very close to this one. So tell me about real-life animals in Star Wars. Real-life animals oh, in Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this one. Uh, <laughs> I know this one. Which is fascinating. <laughs> so my guess is in one of the movies they had, uh, but there's no. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say, I don't know, the the, the cow thing from uh, <laughs> episode eight is just a real nuclear mutated cow. Because at this point, what is a real answer? The moof? The moof is a mutated cow. <laughs> the moof is a cow that uh, Luke just shot up That's with funny. gamma rays and <laughs> it became the Hulk equivalent of a cow. <laughs> That's my guess. Okay. All right, Jared, anything to add? Yes, in episode five, um, there are multiple animals, real-world animals like Komodo dragons and, and lizards, or, I'm sorry, and uh, iguanas and snakes in Dagobah when Luke was uh, doing his training, especially in that uh, one cave where he fights uh, Luke Vader. There you go. But, however, there's also ducks on Naboo in episode one. Oh, okay. And in episode nine, they ride horses. 
<laughs> they ride horses right. on the end of the show. Right. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you're good. Man, you're good. Watching one, not watching one bad movie ruined this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're getting into sort of this open-ended bit where I just want to have a conversation about you, with you guys about the kind of implications and controversies that this this series has had along the ways. Okay. Let's start off with a pretty light one and pretty funny one. Um, so, Lego Star Wars was sued in 2012. Hmm. You guys want to know why? <laughs> because of Jabba's Palace. Ja- they released a Jabba's Palace set, and the Turkish government saw it, and they thought it resembled Hagia Sophia, an important mosque, and they were accused Lego of racism. But, but... That's a bit much. Yeah, that, that's a bit bit of a stretch, that's a isn't it? Which it's original. It's interesting because does it they look sued, like the Hagia Sophia? That's what they alleged, but they sued Lego instead of Lucasfilm. Oh. which the point <laughs> that movie was made like thirty years ago at that point. Right. So Are you talking about the toys, not the video game. They 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 were going to sue, but what Lego did was actually pretty smart. They was like, oh man, we're sorry. We can t- we can kind of see the resemblance. It's Jabba's palace, but we can kind of see the resemblance. <laughs> we'll stop circulating it in July, when they were originally going to start so stop circulating it anyway. <laughs> oh, hey, let's go. So, yeah, so yeah, it's like whatever at that point. Uh, well, you said India, uh, Turkey, Turkey, Turkey. Get your gobblers. I mean, straight. maybe it's insensitive to me, but like the same way I oh, think fair. most houses look the same. A lot of mosques don't. They have like things that look the same in multiple mosques, like right. the the domed roof that a lot of them have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I just feel like, like maybe they just saw something that l- that was a mosque type thing because it's inspired by mosques. I'm going to assume Jabba's uh, mansion or whatever, and then maybe that's what they were ultimately mad about. But can you sue because there's architecture similar to yours? In a fictional universe? I don't know Turkish law. Right? Uh, <laughs> fair. Turkish law makes it all different. Because, because that's stupid to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, we see houses in multiple fucking, sorry, in multiple freaking stories and movies and shows. Yeah, if, says I, if I remake the Phineas and Ferb house. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, like, it's honestly more of a house. I don't know. It's a generic house, you know? It's, it's a house. Like, Isn't this just a generic mosque? I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. All right. You boys, let's talk a little. Let's just briefly touch on toxic fandom and the it breaks the lore complaint. Oh, oh. my gosh. See, like, there is a ton of criticism that you can actually make of the sequels. <laughs> like, it is not hard to find good criticism <laughs> for the sequels. Uh, but people will nitpick at the things that th- make the sequels yeah. actually kind of good. Like yeah. like what I was talking about earlier with the whole, like, uh, how these characters don't follow the success that they normally does. The Han type ends up that having to learn that the Han type personality isn't the thing that will carry the rebel resistance. Uh, I know Luke has to learn that, like, he uh, Luke's whole thing is that he's not the grand hero everybody expects, but he learns how to be that anyway in his own little way, or how he has to tr- at least try to do something because everyone needs him. Um, you have these dynamics where these characters are put up in the same way we see in the original movies, but then broken down. Mm. Um, and I think uh, uh, there's a great uh, 
uh, pop culture detective video on it. But I, I agree with him on how, like, basically that's what caused people to not like it because <clears throat> everything that Han does should get him killed, uh, reprimanded, kicked out of the rebel resistance. Yeah. But he does it all anyway. <laughs> um, and he's hailed as a hero. He's literally given a medal at the end of the movie. Um, so the new movies kind of push against that. And it's like, uh, I feel like they get a lot of the criticism of this kind of criticism because of that. But I think that's the best part about them. I don't know. I hate the whole, like, uh, it's not Star Wars anymore uh, complaint because... You are looking at a series that you, like, this is mainly, like, older people, like, 40s. Like, people in their 40s, right? I'm making this complaint that it's not Star Wars anymore. It doesn't feel like Star Wars. You grew up with this stuff when you were, like, 3 to 7, okay? It's meant for 12-year-olds. This is also probably your age group. You are looking at this new stuff through nostalgia glasses. Yeah, there's going to be differences. But also, there are a lot of similarities. I mean... Kathleen Kennedy said in an interview that the sequels are supposed to rhyme with the original and the the prequels. That's what Star Wars does. Star Wars rhymes. That's what she said. And people still complain that it's still campy to the like original few movies. Okay, sure, whatever. But also, but like, I'm sorry, I strayed off from my original complaint. Uh, the it's not Star Wars. My parents are complaining about Obi Wan, saying it just doesn't feel like Star Wars anymore. Obi-Wan. And I'm like, what the hell? Are you, what do you mean? I don't understand what you mean. Like, what doesn't make it Star Wars anymore? I think a lot of people have their own definition of what Star Wars Definitely. is. Yeah. Um, people don't like seeing some changes. Yeah. Also, but. Star Wars is what Star Wars decides to be. <laughs> like, if Star Wars decide, like, Star Wars Visions, that's oh my Star God. Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars, and it's completely unique to anything else we've seen in the universe. And it's and the storylines don't play out anything like we see yeah. in, like, regular Star Wars storylines, uh-huh. or at least for some, some of the episodes. So, like, why it's, I don't know. I feel like, also, who made you the authority in Star Wars? Right. Um, All of this combined. I always think of, like, what uh, Sakurai said about people complaining about Smash, uh, that the game is not made for you, is made for the people who like it or who enjoy it or whatever or who are willing to accept changes and all these other things. The game is not specifically tailored to you, person listening to this or watching this or who bought it. Yeah, you bought it with your money. You have some expectations, but... The creators of whatever this thing is are not always going to meet your expectations. And You've there got are also to be flexible. thousands, uh, millions sometimes of other, especially for Star Wars, millions of other uh, people you have, if they're going to please the perspective of every yeah. Star Wars fan and make it specifically what every person thinks Star Wars is, it's not going to happen. You can't. Because there's millions of Star Wars fans. Yeah, you can't so have do it, it. Have it be something that fits everybody's expectation is impossible. Yeah. So that was a bit more serious than I wanted, you guys. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's mix things up a little bit. You guys, tell me about C-3PO penis trading card. No way. What? I'm okay. looking this up. Okay, so <laughs> careful now. <laughs> I don't careful care. Doing this. <laughs> so in the 70s, the uh, Topps trading cards, which is the biggest trading card oh my in God. the name, in the in the <laughs> like exists, was taking pictures of on set, and uh, there was one. Of C-3PO <laughs> taking at the exact, <laughs> the exact right or wrong time, 
and it looks like he has a golden phallus. <laughs> now, but it's the, like it's hip. But like, th- it's weird because there's two theories. One that was a practical joke yeah. by the tops guys, um, and then they just kind of missed it and printed it out to millions. Or the other theory is that it fell like a piece of. The C-3PO yeah. armor fell right at that exact moment when the picture was being taken. Yeah, that makes more but sense. But also, they still ended up distributing <laughs> it. Yes, millions. There was somebody who saw it and was like, yeah, that's good. We're <laughs> send it out. Like, some executive decision maker was like, yes, mm-hmm. we need this but for then, Star Wars. But then this after that insane. first batch came out, uh, they recalled it and made a new one without the phallus. They probably fired that so, guy. So um, the original, the interesting thing h- here is that the penis version um, is actually worth <laughs> less than the retouched version without the penis. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's worth hundreds. They're, wor- they're both worth a lot, but the the value is kind of waxing and waning. Dude, I I think I want to get you this for like, uh, no, not not the card. This is a mat for sixteen bucks. I think I want to get this for you, Joe. I think I would love that. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's such a bad mistake here's to make. On, too. Here's a card on eBay that's selling for one thousand one hundred and ten dollars. Oh my gosh. Insane. One of my favorite things to look at is things like this where it's like not misprints. Golden penises? Yes, golden penises. <laughs> um, not not the, the like misprints of like that like just drastically change the context of it because oh. it's supposed to be like a, gl- a grim picture of C-3PO. Right. But it's not. It's actually really funny and dumb. It completely changes the purpose. My favorite thing is like misprints like this that like completely change the intention, whether it be like a spelling error that like makes something mean something else. Mm. My favorite things in like misprints. Uh, on, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but I can't. If I <laughs> well, speaking of printing, oh, you guys tell me about stolen fan art. Interesting. Star is that- Wars has stolen fan art. Many oh. on many many occasions, prominently with the Marvel line of comics. Uh, liter- cool. There are literally hundreds of examples, like thousands of examples of this. Not cool. Probably the most hilarious version of this is for one of the. I think it was a Darth Vader issue. Uh, it was a. They needed to depict a rebel fleet, so they found a render of a picture of a model that guy that a guy's made of a rebel f- fleet and just traced it. However, if you look closely. They're models, and you can see the pegs that are holding up the ships in the comic book. Huh. And, like, they tra- that's not good tracing. Nope. Uh, yeah. Uh, it ain't cool. I'm going to say it, it's not cool, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure they're allowed to do it. It is their intellectual property. Yeah. So... So like, oh, I see. It's kind. It is kind of scummy because like your multi multi million dollar company just pay them, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like they have the rights to it. It's like it, if I were in a situation where I didn't didn't have money and I needed to like fund some art or whatever, I would probably do that. If I had something that other people were making fan art of. But at the same time, I'd ask for permission. Everything, everybody, I think they ask for permission for. We either say yes or yes, just pay me, mm-hmm. um, right. which they have the capability of doing. It's it's a little scummy for like a company without much money to do. If it's like some YouTuber, like with like uh, whatever, then sh- taking their fan art maybe a little more fine. Not still bad, but, but they but then, don't have money. But what about fair use? Well, it 
I, that's where it gets weird, right? Because right? like, how much fair use makes it your property? If it's your mo- like, did this guy make the models by hand? Yeah, they were models of ships uh, from Episode Six. So the sh- he didn't make new ships. Right, right. But there you- are examples of people making new ships. Right, that's different. And then they just t- the Star Wars takes that. It. That's bad. Yeah, that's, that's automatic. That's logo. big. No, no, they should get mm-hmm. sued. Oh. Um, An interesting thing that's kind of, that was similar to this is that in Halo Infinite. On the map, uh, I think it's is it high pa- on the map high power. There's a Covenant ship in the background, and it got revealed that they accidentally stole that ship from Modder, who was rendering things. And what Infinite did, three four three Industries did, was they were like, "Wow, we we had this on our files. We didn't realize it was yours. So let's just put you in the credits of Halo Infinite, hmm. and like uh, shout out your mod because that's what it was." And that's the perfect way to deal with it. Right. They yeah. recognized their mistake, and then they gave this guy what he wanted. Mm-hmm. They gave him credit for it. Mm-hmm. In Star Wars, they don't do that. Yeah. They just take. Come on, Disney. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not cool. Like not even credit. That that's like a. Like not whole even a name drop. Low. Nothing. No. It's it's you know how long Star Wars credits are. They got yeah the hundreds of thousands of people working on it. At least it feels like you're <laughs> sitting there through these credits, just like oh that's Tom, that's another Tom. Oh there's the third Tom. <laughs> Open oh, fourth Tom. Um and so like like the least you can do is just fan art we stole from and <laughs> then put their names special down. Special thanks to put them in the special thanks. Yeah. That would be like an honor for them. They probably wouldn't even want to get paid yeah, if they're right? in the special thanks. Yeah, if you're it, technically in Star Wars. Yeah, slap that on a resume. If your yeah. stuff is in Star Wars, boom. I'm the special th- I'm the special thanks in Star Wars. Yeah. Hire me. Yeah, honestly for like uh an artist of any kind, if your like models or whatever is in a Star Wars comic, in a Marvel comic, that must be like awesome. Yeah. Uh, like 100% like Disney I don't know. Disney is the type of company that could see them doing this and finding like yeah. a perfectly legal thing through their team of 500 lawyers, <laughs> um, saying why it's okay they did the thing. But like, I don't know. I wish this stuff caught up to them, right? right. But they're just they're just so big that they're immune to it. Speak. All right. Good. Good discussion, guys. Speaking of being in Star Wars figuratively, let's talk about being in Star Wars literally. I want you guys to look it up. I want you guys to look up Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel. Oh, I know about this. There are are plenty of controversies revolving around that hotel, and primarily um, how lackluster it was. Here in Florida? Well, yeah, in Disney World. Hmm. Lackluster? Well, the main complaint, which I share, is that it doesn't look like Star Wars. If you look at the actual interior from what they show off from pictures and YouTube videos, it looks off-brand. It looks closer to Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica. Than it does actual Star Wars. Yeah, it does just feel like space. Set. I mean, and yeah, and with that, it is hilariously overpriced. Of course, it is because it's it because it's also connected with Galaxy's Edge and that whole interactive immersive vibe. How overpriced is it though? If one thousand two hundred a night, a thousand two hundred a night. I don't know, because I feel like in order to fund all of the like these rooms all over the place, it takes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we don't really see a lot of, like, commercial 
uh, places in the Star Wars universe because mainly we see, like even transportation, we hardly see it because we mainly see uh, people living in um, um, political or, you know, the, the politicians live in their own suites or whatever. We see the Jedi's living in their own uh, spaces. We don't really see like the everyday people. The most commercial we get is the Trade Federation, and that's not even really actually yeah. commercial. That's more corporate than yeah. Anything. And, and the closest, I think, the closest thing is like like um, we see it in the Mandalorian or, or the Book Buff, excuse me, where uh, the Mandalorian's taking like a public freight or a public transportation to. Where the hell he's going? That's like the closest thing. Like we don't really see normal living quarters in Star Wars. So like this is this is believable. I, I disagree. I would say like, like w- what else would you do? Would you want to be like? Would you want this to be the Jedi Temple? I. It's not yes. the <laughs> looks of it, it itself. It's okay. the fact that it's hilariously overpriced and right. also it doesn't feel up to snuff especially compared to Galaxy's Edge Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge is in my opinion a lot better it looks a lot better than right. this let me look at Galaxy's Edge right. is that another hotel but like, no it's, that's it's the park. Theme park that's the oh. fully immersive uh, park for Star Wars yeah I haven't been yet so but, but this me. but this is also full immersion it's it, supposed to be. It's supposed to be, but you know? it's failing f- tremendously. I guess. It has, reveal- it has had terrible reviews, and Disney is desperately trying to find out why people aren't booking it. Oh, interesting. So I, I mean, definitely the price is this? the number one. Because you would have to be like a diehard Star Wars fan, right? And then if you're a diehard Star Wars fan, you're not going to like the place because it's not really Star Wars. I do yeah. see the complaint you have. It's not entirely Star Wars. And we've never seen this cruiser before either so like everything is new to us and is not familiar yeah and if you're a big Star Wars fan and you want to spend a thousand two hundred dollars on a room yeah you want it to be something familiar at least like if, if they just had like I don't know the cantina as the hotel bar right right that would instantly bring in like a ton right. more people but instead they made it this like weird unique thing if, if this my if, opinion on this if this cruiser was like not an original and maybe like I don't know if, I'll pick my favorite in, in a Republic attack cruiser that we're staying in for some reason. I would love that. And if it looked exactly like it on the inside, perfect. But I, I think I think what, what kills it is that we haven't seen this ship before. You know, I feel like I could do this better. You get the, the Feder- uh, Republic attack cruiser, right? <laughs> um, and you make it a uh, hostile living where it's you oh. pay a really cheap fee and you stay in the barracks. <laughs> right. Um, and then you get to have lunch in, like, that big, like, uh, room. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. That, that would be so fun. <laughs> and then the, since it's a hostel, like, it's, it's super decorated, so it still costs a bunch. But, like, the cheapest you would charge people is, like, $200 a bed. Right. Because it's a hostel and nobody's going to want to go to a hostel if it's too expensive. <laughs> Uh, but then you can also have private rooms that cost more because, I mean, nobody really knows the exact blueprints of a right. tech cruiser. Well, uh, I just feel they, they definitely dropped the ball. I'll say that. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing that kills it is it just doesn't look as good as it could, yeah. and its price is ridiculous, especially over the recently announced $5,000 cocktail. What? Oh, yep. I know about that one. Yeah. What? I think it's actually served in one of those... Uh, Wilro Hood ice cream makers. It's definitely one of those things that like they're just trying to get one or two people to mm-hmm. buy it. Mm-hmm. The people oh. who ha- the people who have that five thousand dollars to blow. That's what. That's the same compartment that the uh, best car is in. Oh right, yeah. Oh, let me see. Go. I thought it was the ice cream maker. <laughs> they used it oh. in the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Man, you want to It's drink cool, but not $5,000 worth. Yeah. 100 maybe. I mean for for a round of drinks, 100 and plus the thing? Sure. I don't For $5,000, are you keeping that thing? No. See? I don't think so. Wait, how big is it again? It's pretty big. It's a lot of liquor to be fair, unless it's not liquor. <laughs> I think the cups are inside the thing. That's just a container. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no, that's that's that shouldn't be a hundred hundred dollars. Sure, maybe, maybe a hundred. Uh, for I a could, round of drinks, I could see at most like one fifty. Yeah, just because drinks are also expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, boys, we're at the end. We're at our final little entry here. I realize now that it's more like a grab bag than an iceberg. <laughs> but you know what? We're learning here. Uh, let's start. Let's end off our discussion on the CGI use of dead actors. Remember oh, when we were talking I about, love it. Remember when we were Dude. talking about Peter Cushing? Yeah, who yeah, Who played yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin. Unfortunately, he passed away in 1994. But they brought him that back. That didn't stop him from being in 2016 <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What they did is they got a physical actor that looked, that had the same slender build as him, um, did all of his lines, and then through CGI um, recreation of other movies he was in, just kind of plastered it over... Um, the, the physical actor's face. They did the same thing in that movie, although uh, Carrie Fisher hadn't passed yet, with making her young again. Yeah. And the same thing in they Mandalorian. Used his, they used her daughter. They that. used her daughter to yeah. rejuvenate her. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. They used <clears> her daughter, <throat> but it was her face. Yeah. And they did the same thing in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett with Mark Hamill. It's yeah. Mark Hamill just made younger. Instead of recasting it as most other things would do. Boys, is this ethical? Yes. Ethical? Yeah, why not? If you, if you have permission from the either the deceased or deceased family, 100%. That's, I think it's fine. Um, I think it's cool. They did a really good job uh, in general. I know that the Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian has a lower budget than the movies, but I still think they did pretty good. They did fine. Yeah. For what they had. It also allows us to... Which I'm not too big a fan of, like, uh, uh, idolizing celebrities, Mm. but it does allow us to immortalize them. So for a lot of people who really love a particular celebrity, to have a reboot means that you can potentially see your favorite celebrity again, even if they're dead. I think it's fantastic. It's a great way to bring in business. And also, it's just insane technologically that we finally are able to do this. Because, like, give it five years ago, and you're like, it, and it, the idea of like having a C, or I guess that was five years ago. Mm. Man, time is mm-hmm. flying. Um, give it ten years ago, having a full CGI character was already extremely tedious. Yeah. But to have a s- extremely c- uh, full CGI character be human, like you couldn't get that be t- and make it real. But we have that now, which opens up tons of storytelling opportunities, not just in uh, bringing dead people back to life, but also in telling whole new stories like we're seeing with the new Avatar movie coming out. Like we have we have a chance to just like we we have we finally have this technology that lets us bring storytelling to the next level. Um, So long as it's done right, it's done with permission. Like this is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And. Don't forget your point that you made in the Blade Runner episode of the of in the second film um that performer the hologram yeah uh uh joy right no 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 the like when oh they're with in the Elvis. bar yeah 
yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. I know that you one really was, loved that. That one was also insane because they got, uh, at least if I remember right, they got like actual old like Elvis yeah. doing his thing footage. Or was it Elvis or was it Frank Sinatra? I forget. It was Elvis. I think it was actually both. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got like actual old footage of these guys and they used like CG art to make them 3D. So this footage was, they were able to turn it, they were able to place them in the scene. And it's, it's stuff that like, it immor- it allows their legacy to continue. Yep. Which is super <clears throat> cool. You don't you you can't have that without full C like like these CGI replications mm-hmm. of these people. Um I'm I'm all for it. I mean I think the the a weak use of it is probably in episode nine with um uh, Carrie Fisher being dead already, That's but them reusing or not reusing, using cutout There you go. Um uh, shots of Carrie Fisher and then somehow wrapping the story around that. I that's, see. That's a weak use of it, but that's still not making it CGI. That's just using older shots, mm-hmm. unused shots from the previous films. Um, but when done right, hell yeah. I think it's... I think Patrick has a good point uh, that the actors are then immortalized yeah, on screen. Yeah, yeah. You could see if Peter Cushing was your granddad. You could see him one more time on screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, making th- saying things he's never said before, doing things, just moving around. However, I think it's kind of it's if we keep it up and do it for every single legacy character ever, oh. it's going to be a terrible thing for new actors. Yeah, that that I also agree with. That is the like concern, right? Where it's like if Tom Cruise dies, and then oh. instead of like replacing him in Mission Impossible, they just have CG t- CGI Tom Cruise in every single Mission Impossible. But at the same time, I don't think that's going to happen. At least not anytime soon, because of how expensive it is to make right. these people. But it's getting less and less expensive. It is getting less and less expensive, but like. I'd say it's at least five years before it becomes, and that's even a stretch, before it becomes a thing that like we see used that commonly. I, I thought it was great in Rogue One. Yes. I thought okay. it was amazing. Another yes. thing I also real. want to touch on is that this also allows uh, potential accidents to be uh, in movie trilogies or multi-movie series to still you can still continue that series as you intended for example uh like paul walker dies uh between fast and furious films and they ended up doing using his brother but also some like cgi cgi effects to kind of like blend him and his brother into like a person um like you wouldn't have been able to get fast and furious six i believe six or seven it was seven seven you wouldn't have been able to get fast furious seven without that sort of cgi tech um and so it just by developing this technology further, we get it so that, like, if they're filming John Wick 4 <laughs> and Keanu Reeves sadly dies, we won't lose John Wick 4 or have to replace Keanu Reeves with somebody else or have to try to do these double things. You could potentially just have a BCGI Keanu Reeves, yeah. which <laughs> there already exists. Look at yeah. Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks great in Cyberpunk. So. <laughs> So, to wrap this up, Star Wars is a huge universe. It has many real-world implications, and you boys did great. You impressed me with your knowledge. However, Jared kind of took it away. Jared takes the dollar for sure. Yeah, but Patrick, you did very good, especially with Yu Zhang Vong. Yeah, you, that you was... nailed it by accident, <laughs> and I I respect that. You want to hear my thought process behind it? Is I heard the name, and I was like, okay, first that sounds like a cult. Um, but then and then I was like, well, if there's a cult in Star Wars, what would they be against? Well, there's only one religion so and it worked out it worked yeah. out really well <laughs> I, I wouldn't have thought about that 
There you go. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just like Colts. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for today, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Razzle Dazzle. Make sure to let us know what you think of today's episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show and on Twitter at Razzle Dazzle Show. And also on TikTok at Razzle underscore Dazzle underscore Show. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe, or whatever on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. That'll be lovely. And we'll catch you on the next one. May the force be with you.